Howdy, this is Chris Welch inviting you to join me on The Talkies. No, not on Saturday, on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. That's right, The Talkies is moving to 11 a.m. on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and we are going to highlight the issues, authors, artists, activists, theater, and music in the Bay Area and beyond. So I hope you'll join me on the new Talkies, the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday Talkies at 11 a.m. Washing the floors to send you to college. It's a Radical Mother's Day on KPFA. Explore the radical roots and meanings of a Hallmark holiday, from the Mother's Peace Movement of Julia Ward Howe to the fight of Appalachian mothers for clean water, the joys and pains of motherhood, daughterhood, and not being a mom. Tune in Sunday, May 8th from 9 to 11 a.m. for a KPFA Mother's Day special. Then do brunch. And you are listening to 94.1 KPFA and 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, and online at kpfa.org. The time is 3.31. Stay tuned next for Cover to Cover. Welcome to Cover to Cover, Open Book, or as I like to say, Frame to Frame. My name is Raina Cowan, and for the next half hour, I'm going to be talking about one of my favorite subjects, film. Um, I thought that I would start by talking about uh, a film that's showing at the San Francisco International Film Festival uh, called Solero. And then from there, we will go to a film entitled Sonita that also is showing at the film festival. Um, 
Both of these films, I thought, were extraordinary documentaries, and the director of Sunita will be in the the studio in the next few minutes. So uh, the first film that I want to talk about is a film by a New York director, and it looks at something that was ostensibly about one thing, and it turned out to be about something else, which is that in Brazil, I'm sorry, in, in Latin America, there's been a lot of different resources. We've heard a lot about the resources in Brazil. But what's happened recently is that there has been all this information about Bolivia and how in Bolivia there are miles and miles and miles and miles of salt flats. Uh, it has been discovered in the past while that these salt flats have lithium in them. And lithium is what we... Uh, use in batteries and is considered one of the most um, important resources or soon to be exploited resources um, in the world. And so um, it turns out that these beautiful, amazing salt flats have this resource and that people have talked about it as being the next Saudi Arabia instead of being about oil. It's about lithium. So the film ostensibly was a documentary looking at a change in the way of life from one moment where there was somebody who basically uh, self by himself would search out the salt um, and package it and sell it. And it's a time when there's a change in the way that the salt is going to be produced because all of a sudden, instead of a story about an individual and their dealing with salt, it's all of a sudden these multinational corporations and the Bolivian government are interested in getting into the the work of exploiting and uh, taking some of the salt for its lithium. So the film is a documentary that is looking at something incredibly important, which is the end of one way of life and then the beginning of something else. And the something else is uh, a different kind of life where the person who has been working, basically harvesting the salt, is no longer going to have the same kind of life that he had before. Instead of the director just telling that story, I mean, it's the most beautiful cinematography you can imagine. And the story is told in a unique way because the person who is the salt harvester has all these philosophies about the importance of salt, the history of his family and his culture. And uh, it becomes this very unique philosophical discussion about uh, salt and what's happening in Bolivia. It's playing at Pacific Film Archive in Berkeley on Sunday, May 1st at 1 p.m. And uh, it's an extraordinary documentary, well worth checking out. I wanted to also talk about the film Sonita. Um, director is Raksara Gam Magami. And uh, this was a film that won the uh, audience award both at the IDFA Film Festival as well as at the Sundance Film Festival. And it tells a really interesting story about this young girl, Sonita, who is from Algeria. And uh, what winds up happening is... Sorry... I'm waiting for the guest who looks like she's just arrived. And so (laughs) I've been a little bit, um, things are difficult, but she's about to come in. Uh, She is actually from Afghanistan. Ah, and here, oh, 
<laughs> well, you can immediately join us on air. <laughs> uh, can you close the door all the way, please? Thank you. Uh, I hope your phone's off. Okay. So with me to talk about this film, Sonita is the director of Raksara Gaim Magami. Uh, welcome to KPFA. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, so, um, so why don't we start by you telling me about what drew you to this story of this young Afghani refugee living in Iran, and uh, and what made you decide that you could actually make a whole film about her? Uh, I, when I met her, I didn't. I just met her through a cousin who was working in an organization to support. Uh, street children and child children, teenagers who don't have access to education and seeing that she's so ambitious and she's so um, she has so little chances in her life made me thinking about making a movie about her because she had no documents no birth certificate no social even afghanistan embassy didn't recognize her as an afghan citizen and iran didn't recognize her as a person so and she wanted to be a rapper and she wanted to bring change to life of people like herself so i was thinking this is a good example to make a movie about to see what will happen to her i didn't know that if she, I was thinking she won't make it. So when you first started uh, filming her, what did you imagine was going to happen? I was thinking I'm making a dark movie about a teenager who doesn't have any chance, but has a lot of dreams. So th- you know, there's been all this talk about documentary and how um, you know it's no longer considered something where somebody is neutral, but there's there's a way where, of course, you develop personal relationships with. Um, the people you developed a personal relationship with Sonita, and it, I wonder if there's something about your belief in her that helped facilitate her growth as a musician. Uh, yes, I could see that she is very. I mean, uh, I could see that she is very talented, and I wanted her to win, and and uh, somehow we became one team. I mean, we wanted to win together. I mean, I wanted. I just couldn't be neutral uh, an observer. I wanted her to win and I at some point I just didn't want to follow her story. I wanted I couldn't just be there and see what will happen to her. I wanted to do something that she can she can make it. So yeah, I wasn't at some point I was not that neutral anymore and I was one of the people in the movie. I was not a director. So do do you think that does it still fall under the category of documentary or do you think that's something different? No, I think that if you show that you are doing that and you don't deny it and you don't you are you be honest about it you, it can be a documentary because I didn't deny that I did it. It is not honest and authentic if you do it and do, you don't say you did it. So It's very interesting. So here's this girl, Sonita, who is living uh, in Iran, very few resources. And every time she talks about her family and her mother, the issue is basically about money. Um, That the the way one communicates, the the only thing that's important is money. Uh, So on one hand, uh, it's amazing to hear those stories. And the other, 
you are somebody who has um, more resources than her, but you're using the money in a totally different kind of way. So do you think that she had a different understanding of what her mother was trying to do in terms of the whole dowry thing and what you were trying to do in terms of help propel her forward as a musician? Uh, I think I didn't understand what you mean. I mean, um, the way that I spent the money, I, I think I didn't get what you were asking me. Well, so here's this girl who has this understanding that the currency is money, like that mm-hmm. she is worth money Wait. so for a dowry so that her her brother can get mm-hmm. married, that she herself doesn't have really intrinsic value in a certain mm-hmm. way. Uh, but you are using your money and your resources to help her, mm-hmm. um, but to help her succeed as an individual, not as someone in exchange yeah. for something. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, this is, and, and I think that, you mean that how she she thinks about this? I mean, she thinks that, I guess she thinks that I, well, I was one of the first people who tried to, uh, who understood that she's talented and tried to save her. And um, unfortunately, people who are living in the survival level of life, they cannot, they cannot think about anything else more than, I mean, money is the, the only the thing that they say survival is based i mean it really connected to money so that's very it's very difficult to, to tell them don't think about something other than money but they don't think about money as a way to be power to control other people they just need money to survive so that's how they see money you you can find a lot of rich people who see money as a as a, as a something to to control other people that's another approach to money so Sunita at the beginning of the film is taking pictures of famous um, famous people and she puts her little her face Mm -hmm. in these pictures so she has this idea of what success is and the film is really about how she becomes um, a rap singer and enters a contest and is sort of in the the process of getting recognized for her rapping ability. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think that her idea of uh, what it means to be recognized changed the course of the film? Uh, no, I I don't. I think that she now she's also recognized as a as a, as an activist. And now she tries to end child marriage, and it's a bit different from just trying to be famous and rich. Maybe she, I mean, I think she, I don't know, she should ask herself, but as long as I understand, she still wants to be rich and famous, but then uh, now being an activist and changing other people's life is also important for her. Uh did you feel like going through this process with her and uh, in going against what her mother wanted for her, did you think that you put her or did she feel ever in danger that her family was going to hurt her? I mean, not now anymore because the, she sends them money and she supports them with money. So now she has some, somehow they are dependent on her and uh, they respect her and they 
they don't want to sell her anymore because she provides money for the family. Um, but at some point that we were in Afghanistan, I was, yes, I was worried. I was very worried. So I tried not to stay with the family that much. And I just, we came to Kabul and we never t- talked about our plans with the family because I could imagine that they somehow ruined the plans. I'm speaking with Raksara Gaim Magami, whose film entitled Sunita is playing at the San Francisco International Film Festival. You know, uh, what winds up happening is that you basically go back to um, Afghanistan with Sunita so that she can get her birth certificate, so she can maybe get a visa to leave the country. And it seems like it's hard to know how long you're there, but it seems quite a while. What was it like for you? Had you been in Afghanistan before? No, I haven't been. And it was like we were, we were there for 40 days. And it was, for me, it was uh, very difficult experience because when we were there 15 suicide bombing happened around our hotel and every time I wanted to get out of hotel without Sonita Sonita got very worried and I had to tell her if I didn't come back you should contact this person and that person and you know just telling her if I didn't come back you should what you should do now so it was like um, and that's how people in, in Kabul live they every day is a challenge with uh, surviving the suicide bombings. So, uh, and also the city was, everything was very corrupted. Everything was kind of dangerous for women. And you, you were, I mean, you didn't, you couldn't feel the government. So as an Iranian, sometimes I was thinking it's better to have a dictatorship like what we have in Iran than, uh, no, almost no government and no police and no nothing like Afghanistan. So sometimes I miss dictatorship. <laughs> That's interesting. Did you did you realize that when you started this film that you were actually going to be in a situation of danger? Like that you kind of got swept up in this whole story. I mean, I don't know if you ever had an idea that you would wind up in Kabul in the making of this film. No, I couldn't imagine that I would do this. I mean, I, I never could imagine that I would get involved so much. So, but I did. <laughs> so, looking back on it, how, what do you think happened that made you keep on getting more and more involved in the life of Sunita? I guess it's because of my leftist background. My leftist, I'm, I'm raised in an Iranian leftist family where our religion in my childhood was a social justice. I mean, I was not raised religious at all, but then I was raised with a lot of re- social justice uh, the value was social justice in my family. So at some point it became my, somehow, it became, I was feeling that, oh, I have all the education I got from my family and all the things, the values, it was like, I don't want Sonita to fail in any way. <laughs> so it's uh, something personal from my background that, I suppose it became my personal goal. So I will... I will not. I will not let this one fail, and this shouldn't happen. So, that that was, I think, and also getting emotionally connected to Sonita and feeling like that I am somehow her mom, somehow. So yeah, I, I became emotional. <laughs> and do you think uh, that that relationship continues after the end of the film? 
Um, we are not living in the same place, and Prasanita uh, is going in other direction in her life. So I hope so, but I don't uh, stick to things. I, I think that it's good to be ready to let let things go. I hope so, but I don't try to. I don't try to control anything and I'm always ready to let things go because now she's an activist and she is working with some organizations so we're not I think that the the things we are doing is now very different so the, have has she come to any of the screenings with you uh, of course yes of course um, in many screenings in Itva Film Festival in Amsterdam and then it was world premiere and then in Sundance in American premiere and then in True False Festival where she got 43,000. And in True False, they only award protagonists and not filmmakers. So ah. she got award. It is a very interesting festival in Missouri, Columbia. And she got $43,000, um, like a grant. I mean, like a, 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 an award and then people donated more so it became a big money for her education and for her she will have money for her for like a pocket money and I mean for some time so she was there yeah so when you're at the films and she's there too do people ask you questions or do they always ask her questions Um, they mostly ask her questions and they get very excited when they, they see her so uh, when she's there, I can rest a bit because people ask her a lot of questions. <laughs> uh, we're speaking to the director of Sunita that is having two screenings, one this evening at the Alamo Draft House at the New Mission in San Francisco, and then in two days at the Pacifica Film Archive in Berkeley. You know, it's, it is an interesting thing. I've seen this a lot at, uh, when there's documentary filmmakers that because so much of the documentaries are about are issue based that all most of the questions are more about the issues or the politics or the the talent in the film and uh that there is not that many questions to the director and uh, and it seems like in this film you had to actually uh do amazing things to get this film to succeed in the way that you did um uh, you know, it's, you shot the film over three years, and uh, it was going to be one kind of story, and through the story of Sudita, what happens is completely different, and you had to figure out how to edit it together in a way that uh, formed a structure. So, looking at the final film, uh, are you surprised at how it turned out and what it became? Uh, yes, I mean, I'm I'm surprised by... The work of my editor, Rune Schwitzer, German editor, because um, I think she, I think she is she really what she did was more like magic because I I was expecting more shaky camera and more and she really tried hard because it was a lot of play I mean a lot of and also a lot of sub stories that we she took out of the movie. I mean we we worked together. She didn't make any decision on her own but her advisors were always great and sometimes painful but after a while I was thinking yes she's right. So yeah, I mean I'm when I, anytime I look at my, this movie I I just think without Runa I couldn't make it. Hmm. So, uh, 
I know that there's been this whole issue about whether you can go into New Zealand and New Zealand um, decided that you were too dangerous to go to New Zealand because you might not ever leave is what they said. Yes. I don't know if that's still going on. Uh, no, 1,000 people signed a petition that I can go, to, I should go to New Zealand. So they changed their mind and they gave me a visa and also it was, a, 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 I had a, the same story with Canadian embassy. Then this this morning they changed their mind and they are giving me visa as an Iranian. Iranian passport is one of the most invalid passports in the world, and people all um, immigration systems they are worried if we go there we will never be back to Iran. But Iran is a country that I can make tell stories. So I always want to be back to Iran. Only because, not because Iran is so great to be there, to be in, but because there's a lot of untold stories there. So, in New Zealand, you're going to give a master class yeah. about documentary and story. So, what kinds of things would, would you focus on in that? What are you interested in imparting? I think that I will just, I mean, I mean, I mean, we, I will talk about my experience as a filmmaker in Iran and also somehow about my different experiences with protagonists uh, and all the problems because I have had all kinds of problems with pro pro other protagonists of my movies. Good things and bad things, I mean, different because I always get get involved a lot. So probably these are two main topics that uh, I will talk about, but I will be more focused on how it is to be a filmmaker in Iran because it is something that first I will tell them where is Iran and then I will explain. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Uh, so we're, we're talking about the film Sonita. So if we're talking about protagonists, uh, you had to deal with Sonita's mother, who um, originally wanted a dowry of, I don't know if it's U.S. dollars, of $9,000 for her daughter. And um, and you were considering offering $2,000 as a giving her six more months. Mm -hmm. uh, so what was it like negotiating with this this woman about um, Sunita's life? I mean... Uh, it was obvious that she is cash trapped, and when people are living in a survival level, it's very difficult to talk about anything else because if somebody's need is just surviving, and somehow, I mean, you just can talk about money with them and say, I have this. And also, most of my crew of friends, they believe that she is not she's lying the mom is lying and only because she see that she says that we are there with a the crew and with camera and we are making a movie she is uh, making up this emergency to rip us off ah. so that was what that was why my crew were against paying her but then i was thinking even if this is true even if this is not emergency I mean, I knew that this will happen to Sonita because it's, this has happened to all of her family. So, so if it is not happening right now, it will happen at some time. And also, if she is lying and it's not that that urgent, but anyway, if I don't help Sonita, Sonita will lose her trust in me. And 
and the whole family will lose trust in me and they will think okay if we, we say that we are in there we are in trouble and you don't help us so so i was thinking anyway i have to have i never know i never and i never got it that what, what was the real story i can imagine that she was telling the truth and there was a man there waiting for sonita but at some point I was thinking, I, I don't need to investigate and find the truth. I just need to pay. Okay. We're speaking with uh, Raksara Gaim-Maigami, whose film Sunita is showing as part of the San Francisco International Film Festival. You can see it this evening at 6.15 at the Alameda Draft House, the new mission in San Francisco. And Friday night, April 29th at 8.45 at Pacific Film Archive, the new digs just down the street from KPFA here, a wonderful place at the corner of Center and uh, Oxford. Uh, if you want more information of the film festival, you can go to the website festival.sffs.org. 173 films from 46 countries and Sunita rocks. It's feminist, it's international, and there's great music. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me here. My name is Raina Cowan. I'll be back next month for more on film. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Did you know that Vandana Shiva, the physicist, environmental thinker, global activist for food and gender justice, that Vandana Shiva, was recently bizarrely attacked by the New Yorker magazine? KPFA will ask her about this on April 27th, a Wednesday, when she'll present a major speech, Feeding the World, in Berkeley at the First Congregational Church, 2345 Channing Way. She'll also be signing her big new anthology, Seed Sovereignty, Food Security, Women, in the vanguard of the fight against GMOs and corporate agriculture. This momentous gathering, a benefit for KPFA and Navdan.